Father, you are the great I am. None can stand beside you, God. God, you are good. God, we love you. God, we give you our praise this morning because you deserve it. Father, be with Brother Lee as he brings your message today. I pray, Father God, that you would speak through him, that your spirit would have free reign in the lives that need to be touched. Turn the hearts that need to be turned. Father, we pray that you would be glorified and that you would be honored in all that we do. Father, we love you and we praise you. It's in your name. Amen. Amen. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Amen. We had some foretaste today. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. In the NLT, Romans 8.23 says, We believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us, as a foretaste of glory divine or future glory. We believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us. The Holy Spirit within us, the reason given in Romans 8, 23, 4, one of the purposes of the work of the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit sealed in us, living in us, deposited in us, is so that we have a foretaste of glory divine. And so complete fulfillment of the glory happens when we die and we stand in the presence of God. The worship is going to be spectacular beyond this. The healing is going to be spectacular. The no more tears, no more sufferings, no more funerals, no more hospitals. It's going to be beyond words, indescribable. However, the Holy Spirit lives in, in us to give us a foretaste of glory divine. And so the Holy Spirit within us is a foretaste of glory divine. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. I understand today that it is common practice that if you're going to get married, that you go to a cake testing. And you sit around in a room and, and they bring out this kind of cake and that kind of cake and that kind of cake. And the bride and groom, they eat the different cakes that are there. They get a foretaste of the cake that they're going to have at their wedding reception. And they choose the cake. And so that cake testing is important to them, of course, because they want that cake to be just right. So the groom's cake, the bride's cake, they have a testing, a taste testing. It's a foretaste of what they're going to have at the wedding reception. The Holy Spirit in us, works in us, tugs in our heart, speaks to us, gives us understanding, gives us tools to believe, gives us awarenesses, gives us experience. Now, a foretaste of what we're going to have in glory, in eternity. Little pieces of foretaste of glory divine. I know for sure that God wants every single one of us to be aware of that foretaste. 
I know for sure that God wants our lives to be transformed as a result of that foretaste. I know for sure that God gives us that foretaste so that hope is built in us. He creates hope. He gives us hope. He's given us all the ingredients we need to, to put together that hope and have hope and have a hope that transcends all the suffering that goes on here in the world, here in our life, no matter what it is, 70 years, 80 years, 90 years, however, the Lord, however the long the Lord gives you here, no matter what kind of suffering you go through, the Holy Spirit in us is a foretaste of glory divine, and He wants us to experience that foretaste so that we live a life of hope here. A li we live a life of hope now. And the way that we live the life of hope now is by being aware of the foretaste of glory divine. I know for sure God wants you to have that. I know for sure that God wants you to every single day, your, your Alamo cry, your, your awareness of what matters, your faith that's fixed on Jesus, your faith that's empowered by the Holy Spirit would produce in you a hope that says this, that something better is coming and that something is way better. Something better is coming and that something is way better. Romans 8.18 says, Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory He will reveal to us later. Let that soak in for just a moment. What we suffer now is nothing. Better believe it. Better believe it. You ever hear people say, you better believe this. You better believe it. What we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory that He will re reveal to us later. So, Every single morning you could wake up with this kind of hope. Something better is coming and that something is way better. Say that with me. Something better is coming and that something is way better. Say it again. Something better is coming and that something is way better. Not one person over here said it with me. Say it with me now. Something better is coming and that something is way better. Something We are to hear it, believe it, receive it, live it, experience it. Every single day, something better is coming, and that something is way better. Let me hear this group. In the back there, not one person. Let's go. One, two, three, go. <laughs> something better is coming. And that you too good for this, Dustin? Are you too good? I'm gonna are you too good for this? You're not too big for me. Yes. Do I got to come down there and put a strap on you? Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. I thought I was going to have to teach you a lesson sitting out there. Yes, indeed. Something better is coming, and that something is way better. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. Man, we got to live that out. We got to believe that. This is a hope builder. 
Paul said to those who have died, he said, I don't want you to be uninformed. He said, I want you to know, he said to these who have lost loved ones, he said, I want you to know that we don't grieve like those without hope. We grieve with hope. And what he's saying to us, this is we grieve with the understanding that something better is coming and that something is way better. He says, because what we suffer now is nothing compared, nothing compared. I mean, the, the amount of suffering, the amount of heartache, the amount of difficulty. I mean, people go through really, really hard times in this world. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. We've got illnesses. We've got financial burdens. We've got, you know, moral issues. We've got strongholds. We've got the enemy. We've got Satan destroying lives. We've got distrust of people. We've got betrayal issues, relational issues. We, we, we are seeing at a time in the day, like Matthew 24 seems to be coming alive, that love is growing cold. That it is so difficult to see so much lack of love in this world. And people suffer as a result of a lack of love today. Families are breaking apart. Kids are struggling with, with, uh, uh, self-image issues the social media thing is really making an impact on people and it's not all good and you've got all these things that's going on and if you add all that up man you can get just absolutely broken destroyed without hope you can live your life without optimism without the faith that leads you to understand that something better is coming and that something is way better because the word of the Lord tells us that nothing compares to the glory. No suffering, no amount of suffering, no degree of suffering comes even close to the glory that he will reveal to us later. And so every single day, something better is coming. Yep, don't seem good now. Don't seem optimistic now. Doesn't seem like there's much to shout about now. But you can shout about something better is coming and that something is way better. That's what the Lord is doing. And the, the Lord is at work building in us a foretaste of that something better. A foretaste. A tasting. Of just a little taste is all we need. Now, in verses 19 through 25... The Lord gives us the ingredients of, of living out that something better is coming and that something is way better. So the statement is made in verse 18. What we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory He will reveal to us later. Look in verse 19. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day. All creation, not just human beings, all creation, the world. The animal life, the vegetation, the trees, everything, all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God revealed who His children really are. That's speaking about the end time. That's speaking about future. That's speaking about the great white throne judgment where it'll clearly reveal who God's children are. That's speaking about the judgment of the separation of the sheep and the goats. The goats on one side, the sheep on the other. Guess who the goats are? The unbelievers, the wicked, the evil. They're on one side. They're goats. And that's a good description for evil and wickedness. A goat. If you've ever been around a goat, no question, that's a goat. 
A goat is that way. When you see goats out in the pasture land, that is a symbol of unbelief, of, of wickedness, of evil, that goat. The smelliest animal in the world when it rains. The most stubborn of all animals is that goat. That goat don't care about you. I laugh when people say, look how cute that goat is. That goat is an unbelieving, wicked, evil being. And that goat can't stand you, and that goat can't wait to find you, turn your back on them, and that goat is going to ram you right where it hurts. And when that time comes, when that great white throne judgment, the separated sheep and goats, all those things that we understand that happens in the future... In the end, when, when all things are literally revealed and fulfilled, there will be a clear understanding of who the true children of God are. Not here, not now. There's lots of disguises, lots of... Matter of fact, on that great day of the great revealing, it, we're gonna, there's going to be some surprises. Can't believe that old boy was a believer. I can't believe that he wasn't. Some of that's going to go on. But all creation longs for that. Verse 20, against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. Against its will. Creation didn't choose it. It's not what creation wanted. But with the fall of man, there are consequences. And the fall of man, the consequences go beyond the separation of people from God. I think about the consequences of the curse. Very interesting to me to consider that, that the groanings of creation. I know today a hot bucket, a hot bucket, hot topic bucket in, in the land is, in the world is climate change. A lot of conversation goes on about that these days, don't it? I often wonder when I, when I read scriptures like this, are the things that is given credit to climate change and how the idea is that people are burning too much fossil fuel and they're tearing up this beautiful planet we have and that if we stopped all that then the the world would be saved and all these kind of things and and i can't help but think it doesn't really matter what we do or don't do the world is cursed creation all creation longs for the day that that curse is removed and so when I, when I think about earthquakes, I think about volcanoes, I think about hurricanes and tornadoes and hailstorms, you think about all these things, it, it is, it, to me, it is just the world groaning. Not only in those natural disasters and things like that, the storms and whatnot, the earthquakes and, and the volcanoes that can blow and destroy. I mean, I mean we, are, we are under the, the, the rain or the area of the super volcano in the Yellowstone National Park. And if that blows during our lifetime, our biggest problem is not COVID. Our biggest problem is not the fact that Dallas Cowboys will never be in the Super Bowl again. <laughs> That's just a minor, minor issue if that thing blows. And the world is groaning. Groaning, it says. And it's subjected to God's curse. But even the creation, that's the word here, even the creation has eager hope. 
Even creation says something better is coming and that something is way better because the creation understands that when the new world comes to be, it's going to be far better. And so hope is built even in all creation, it says. Now, I don't have a lot of information on for you on that. I don't have a lot of understanding, but, but I just read what it says and go, okay. I don't ask any difficult questions because I don't know that there's any reasonable answers that's going to, you know, satisfy. Verse 21, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom and decay. Glorious freedom from death and decay. So, this is the first two pieces of ingredients of hope. When Jesus returns, and when the, the, the millennial reign is set up and established, and when God calls all His people for the great judgments that's going to come, and there's a separation between the sheep and the goats, and all that unfolds, we are going to be set free from death and decay. That should build hope. That should help us to understand that something better is coming and that something is way better. And so we are going to be set free from death and decay. Verse 22, For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth, Right up to this present time, verse 23, and we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. Look what it says here. For we long, we long, eager expectation. We wait eagerly. We hope eagerly. We long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. That's what happens in future glory. We are no longer hurt. We no longer suffer from sin anymore. We are set free. And so death is gone. Decay is gone. Sin is gone. No more. Something better is coming, and that something is way better. We will not struggle with sin any longer in eternity. And he says that we have now a foretaste of future glory. The Holy Spirit in us makes that understanding to us, builds that hope in us, helps us to know it, believe it, experience, to live it out, to live that hope out. And he says there in verse 23, we too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children. Full rights. Nothing held back. We will be completely understanding of the full rights. Now, we have full rights now. It begins at salvation. It begins the moment we receive Christ. However, the fulfillment of all the rights will not be fully understood by us, fully experienced by us, until we're in the presence of the Lord in glory. Full rights, and not only full rights, including, it says, including the new bodies that He has promised us. So the six things that ought to build hope. Something better is coming and that something is way better. Freedom from death and decay. 
God's people need to know. God wants His people to know. He wants His people to understand that we are free from death and decay and glory. That we are free from the bondage of sin and suffering that we experience here. In Revelation it says there's no more tears. There's no more pain. There's no more death. And we have full rights of adopted children and new bodies. I had an interesting thought this week. I was watching a sports caption on the news and it was talking about Tom Brady. And I was looking at Tom Brady and, and I can't help but tell you, I think he's really, really pretty. <laughs> he really, he really is pretty. Man, it's not right for one man to be that pretty. I think that tight end for Kansas City is really pretty too. Have you seen his hair and beard? And he's got that really, I don't know, that, that Roman looking nose and strong jaw. And I went, man, I bet you everybody just looks at him when he walks through a store. Look how pretty he is. But Tom Brady, everybody said, look how pretty he is. And, and his wife is the supermodel Brazilian pretty, right? You know, just he's so pretty. Man. But I had this thought. If they were to bury me next to Tom Brady and they dig us up 20 years from now, there ain't going to be no difference between me and him. <laughs> there ain't going to be no difference. Matter of fact, you're going to look down there and you're going to say, except for the tuxedo that that guy's buried in and the shorts and the Crocs this guy's buried in, <laughs> there's no difference between these two people. You're 20 years from then, or really one year or two years, however long it is after you dig them up, the, the beauty's gone. The pretty's gone. And so it makes no sense whatsoever for anyone to live with all their heart for the now and not live for all the heart for the future because the real beauty is coming when we get our new body. When you see me in heaven, you're going to go, look how pretty Lee is now. And the crazy thing is, you're going to reckon... You don't want to hear that there? You leave me? You, you're, going to, you're going to say, look how pretty he is. You recognize me. He says, this is the most beautiful he's ever been. And you're going to go, look at him. He's over there. He's singing over there now. He's with the Africans. Then he's with the Cambodians and he's seen all his friends and, and you're going to be just blown away with just how pretty I'm going to be in heaven. And you're going to be pretty too. Because we're going to have a body that won't wear out, that doesn't get sick, that doesn't get ill, that has no blemishes, that's really good to go forever and ever and ever and ever. Something better is coming. And that something is way better. Now, in verse 24 it says, We were given this hope when we were saved. You were given that hope, whether you know it or not. You, it was deposited in you. When you receive the Holy Spirit, you are given the hope that something is better is coming and that something is way better. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward, for verse 25, to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. 
The Holy Spirit makes that happen for us. So the foretaste of glory divine is this, that you know that something better is coming and that something is way better. Do you know that? Are you hearing the still small voice, the work of the Holy Spirit, the communication that the Holy Spirit is speaking in your heart, saying there is hope. Do you hear the hope? Are you experiencing? Are you becoming aware? Are you understanding? Are you growing in the understanding of hope that something better is coming and that something is way better? Now, I think there's a couple ways for us to know that we have the Holy Spirit in us, and that is to evaluate that foretaste of glory divine. First of all, you have a knower. I don't know where it is, but somewhere in our body we have a knower. I don't know if it's like the liver or the kidneys or what it is. I don't know if it's in our brain or if it's in our heart or if it's in our throat, it's in our being, or it's in our... I don't know how this works. But there is a knower in us, and that knower speaks to us, and, 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 and that's where the Holy Spirit communicates with us. For me, I just know. I'm just aware. I just understand. I just hear. I just feel. I experience that foretaste of glory divine. When we were singing the songs about heaven today, we sing hallelujah, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. I experience a foretaste of glory divine. For me, I witness God on His throne, the emerald circle, all the bright colors coming up the throne of God, and I saw Jesus at the right hand. I saw all the martyrs of the ages under the throne of God, and I saw the sea of people, and I just, I just saw it. And in here, I heard it's true. After all these years, the Holy Spirit is still communicating with me. It is true. It is true. It is true. Lord, is it true that God loves me so much? It is true. It is true that Jesus died for my sins. It is true. I just know it's true. That's a foretaste of glory divine. And so that understanding, that awareness, that deep down knowledge, that just we just know. And it's something that people just can't take away from you. You know that you've, you are and you have experienced the foretaste of glory divine when you have something you would not trade for anything. That's how you know. You just know, I'm not going to trade anything for what I know. I'm not going to give away my faith because I know it's true. I know that God sent His Son into the world and He died on the cross to pay the price of my sins. I have a foretaste of glory divine. And here's another thing. Not only you not give it away, but that taste is so good. That taste is so wonderful you're not going to walk away from it. You know, there's a lot of people that believe you can lose your salvation. There's a lot of people that believe you can walk away from it. Here's something to think about. My experience has been, I have tasted something that is so good that man, no matter how bad things get, 
And, and no matter how disillusioned I think I might get one day, no telling what's going to go on in my life, right? I don't know what to what amount of suffering I will experience or the lack of suffering that I will experience. But I've tasted something I just can't walk away from. I mean, it's, it's beyond description. I can't define it. I can't explain it to people well enough for them to go, oh, I want some of that. But it, 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 it is just so wonderful. It is a foretaste of glory. What's it going to be like in heaven? I can't describe it. Is it beautiful? Yes. Is it peaceful? Absolutely. Is it going to be spectacular beyond words? And here we get a foretaste of glory divine and that salvation you are given the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit in you deposits you and works you to communicate that foretaste of glory divine. So, for you, have you experienced something as better is coming and that something is way better? Is that deep down in your heart? Do you just know that you know that you know? Are you aware that you're aware? You're just aware of the presence of the Lord in you. But you carry around with you all the time. Something better is coming. And that something is way better. Bow your heads with me if you would. And if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you this morning and you're, you're hearing the Holy Spirit say to you, become my child, enter my presence, trust in me, believe in me. I will forgive you of your sin. I will give you unconditional love. I will place you into a right relationship with me. If you're hearing his still small voice speak to your heart, you can become one of his children by simply agreeing with what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. And just from your own words, from your own heart, say, Dear Lord, I hear your voice speaking. I know I need forgiveness. I know I'm separated. I know I need Jesus in my life. I confess that Jesus, Lord, I believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead. Lord, please come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Lord, I just want that something better is coming and that something is way better. Lord, I, I know I don't know all I need to know, but I know that right here and now I hear your voice speaking to me and I know that I want what's available to me in your kingdom. Just let the Lord enter your life. Be born again, trust Him. Believe in Him, know Him, experience Him. And for those struggling believers here today, you've prayed that prayer years ago. You've you were introduced to Christ. You know for sure that you're one of His children. But yet, you're struggling with hope. You're struggling with with defeating fear. You're struggling with suffering. And the idea that the future glory is going to be so overwhelming to us that suffering here fails. There's, there's just no comparison between the two. You're struggling with that truth. You're struggling with living that out. There may be many reasons for that. The suffering is beyond your 
your faith today, the hurt, the emotional turmoil, the pain, whatever is going on, just sit still for a moment. Do you hear his voice? Do you hear the Holy Spirit saying the word of the Lord is true? Do you hear it? Do you hear it? It's true. That's the foretaste of glory divine. That awareness of God's presence. That understanding that truth is true. That God's word is true. That what God says is true and will come to be, will come to pass. And you hear His Holy Spirit speaking to you. There's some hope being built. How you feel it coming. Don't suppress it. Don't quench it. Don't stifle it. Let the Holy Spirit burn deep inside you. Here comes the love. Here comes the hope. Here comes the faith. It's building. It's growing. It's like it's boiling in overflow from a hot boil. The Holy Spirit is just making you aware that God's Word is true. You can trust Him. You can believe in Him. Something better is coming. And that something is way better. Do you hear His Spirit speak? The Holy Spirit is saying, give it all to me. There are things you haven't turned loose of. The Holy Spirit is saying, trust me completely. You're compartmentalized in your trust. You're trusting me with your salvation, but you're not trusting me with the daily things. You hear the Spirit say, give it all to me. You're not going to be set free from whatever troubles you. You're not going to be set free from whatever worries you until you give it all to the Lord. That's what God wants. He doesn't want us carrying the burden. He wants us to cast all our cares on Him. Cast it. Right here and now. Cast them. Give them to Him. Give Him your worries. Give Him your problems. Give Him your obstacles. Give Him your challenges. Give it to Him. Give Him your burden. Cast all our burden on the Lord for He cares for us. Turn it loose. That's what the Holy Spirit is saying today. Father, may we repent. May we be renewed. May we be returned to the right fellowship we had with you before. Lord, we know that relationship's always there, but that fellowship struggles from time to time. Lord, give us a renewal today. May your Spirit speak to our heart today and bring us out of the rut that we're in for your glory. Blessed assurance, Jesus mine. Oh, what a foretaste of Lord divine. Something better is coming. And that something is way better. For God's glory, let's sing.